0: Hello Ninjas and Ninjettes and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja. And it came to my attention recently that actually some people don't know what Exposure Ninja is if they came in through our podcast. So basically Exposure Ninja is a company that builds and promotes websites for businesses. So if you need more leads and sales from your website, then this is what we do so you can head over to exposure ninja.com forward slash review that's exposure ninja.com forward slash review and what we'll do is we'll review your website your digital marketing and we'll take a look at what's going on in your marketplace as well so having a look at your competitors and we'll map you out a custom plan that you can follow to get more leads and sales from your website it's completely free it comes with no obligation at all and you can head over to our facebook page to see that it's got over 165 star reviews, so it's genuinely awesome. Anyway, in this week's episode, I'm joined by Sean Allen from a Canadian social media company called Viral in Nature. And in this episode, we're talking about the sort of content that you should be posting. And we also talk about live streaming and the power of live streaming, so how you can get started with it, some of the gear that you might want to use and addressing the kind of misconception that a live stream has to be in any way polished or professional at all. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Sean. (laughs) Thanks. So Viral in Nature is your company, and you deal with a lot of small and medium sized businesses, right? yeah you bet a, a lot of these companies, they have relatively small marketing budgets. They have to prioritize. How important should social media be for this type of business? What's the potential upside from it? Well, it does vary between between industries, but uh,
1: I mean, this should be the major source of your focus of your marketing with social media when you're creating your own social media. It's like you're creating your own your own publication in itself and the followers of stuff you gain today, most likely you'll have them for years to come.
0: Yeah. we always say to people, it's like building, it's like creating your own magazine, isn't it really with your own readers. And then you have adverts to your audience, just like you would in a magazine, I guess it's like owning a media property.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And actually bring up a good point to not always have, uh, you know, I'll post that sale posts. Cause it's like, you know, people don't pick up a newspaper for the ads, they pick it up for the editorial stuff. So. Exactly.
0: I guess most people treat their social channels like those free ads, newspapers that no one ever reads and just went straight in the bin Whereas, really, they should be thinking more like a publication that someone actually wants to read and someone wants to buy. So um, viral is obviously in your business name. Um, And and it's the thing that a lot of people really want to do, right? I want to get my Facebook videos viral, I want to go viral on Twitter, or whatever. Most people haven't found the viral button on Facebook, so um, let's let's talk about that today. But maybe you could take us back. What was the first time you had a viral hit on social media? You know, I have been
1: petitioning Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, to add a viral <laughs> button because I get asked all the time, "Can you make me go viral?" And you know, like, yeah, we just hit the viral button, and yeah, it goes viral. <laughs> It'd be amazing, would not it? <laughs> uh, if only it were that easy. And sometimes. I mean, you can. There's been times when we've put so much thought and energy into a, a campaign, thinking it's going to go viral, and it doesn't go viral. And then we've done other posts where we just have some idea pop in our head and just random idea, having to share it on Facebook, and it and it goes viral. <laughs> but the first time, the very first time I had something that truly went viral is uh, when I was in Vancouver, Canada. Here, hockey's it's, it's pretty big. Anyways, our team had made it right to the very finals last game to win the cup and the Canucks lose. In Vancouver, we then started major rioting. There was major rioting that happened downtown. So not only did a favorite team lose, but we ended up trashing the city. And so, uh, and so there were many other Canucks fans that were not happy with that. So that while the riots were happening, I created a page that said... Uh, Canucks fans against the riots, and I just created the page on Facebook. Then I shut it down, and, and uh, you know, didn't even think about it till the next day. I go back on Facebook and I realize that there were seventy thousand people on my page.
0: <laughs> wow! And and what were people were people talking about? Like specific issues? Were there arguments going on on the page? Like what was the conversation? Well, for the most
1: part, it was really a bunch of Canucks fans who Did not want us to be rioting, and uh, but there was they posted lots of pictures from the riots. There were a few pro rioters, which is really weird, but uh, but for the large part, uh, the majority of people on the page were Canucks fans against the riots.
0: So next time there are some riots for Canucks fans, you're right in the right spot for
1: them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: So obviously, you know, that wasn't a, a an attempt to go viral that was just something that you did but you've tapped into really important things there haven't you like the public sentiment how warren buffett says stand in front of the parade and that's basically what you've done you've you've found a a group of people which are really passionate about something and that there's significant sentiment around and then you've given them a page with some posts which exactly match that so it's just genius isn't it (laughs) it
1: just tells you timing is everything and being able to you know, spot something that's on trend right at that time and uh, do something about that right away is uh, uh, that that can mean the difference of going viral and and not going
0: viral. So a business owner who's listening and they're thinking, I really, you know, I I love that. I can see why that works. How would they even begin to tap into something like that? Uh, You know, let me give you actually maybe a, a couple more. I'll give you two examples
1: of business related of um, sub, something that w- went viral and something that did a lot of planning and didn't go viral. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'll start with one that didn't go viral. So this was uh, for a ski resort. It's Sunshine Village Ski Resort. It, it's an international destination It, um, as far as ski resorts go in Banff National Park. Uh, and uh, so there was the park in there where it, it was their grand opening and we also had a major sponsor of the park, which was Rogers. Uh, they're a, a very large cell phone company here in Canada. And there was another a bunch, a number of other social media influencers in BEMP. So I invited all of them up to the map for this grand opening of the, the park. And, and we were, so we, we were going to have a tweet up. We, I, we had, I had a live DJ there. We got, we had uh, all these speakers set up and, I mean, we, we put a lot of work in, into it. And, uh, so it was the. but the one thing that we couldn't count on was the weather (laughs) and it turned out that the grand opening of the park, it was close to 30 below and a blizzard. (laughs) So being in a blizzard on that mountain too, we couldn't even get cell reception. Wow! Uh, So nobody was even tweeting it and and actually it, it was. And in fact, it was so cold and so, so and there weren't even people in the park. There was, there was no one. It was just awful, awful conditions. And it was, it actually got so bad at one point with the, the wind is all the people who I'd, who I had invited up all my big social media influencers. They uh, took shelter in this concert nearby from this blizzard. Cause it was that bad. Uh, and there was just the one DJ out there for a while, spinning his tracks, like by himself really. And uh, even he couldn't take it. So he actually went back to the concert. And so, and I'm, and I'm left out there and I'm actually, so I'm like, oh, well, I better take shelter too. So I go as I'm walking and the DJ, he's just walking into the Quonset. This big, this big gust of wind comes and picks up this tent that where the DJ was and throws it like a good 200 feet in the air. Like it's nothing. I mean, this is, we're talking metal and sail Going wow. flying through the air, I mean, it could have killed someone, right? <laughs> and I'm the only one that seen it. <laughs> so I'm like, so meanwhile, now all this really expensive gear with the with all the music, of uh, all the speakers, I mean, this is all getting pounded on by snow. And then I got this other flying piece of metal uh, that's going down the mountain. I'm thinking, okay, where do I do, do I go? Do, do I go try and stop this uh, tent from killing someone, or do I try and save the the gear? Obviously, I go try and stop the tent from killing someone. So I go, I grab it, I, I got it, and I, and there I am holding it. And there's no one around it, and I can't let it go. <laughs>
0: so, oh, my God.
1: So, so there was this, uh, finally, there was, I, I, I must have been there a good 20 minutes. So somebody finally came by, I had to wave him down. And then, so I told them to, you know, go up. So by this time, all the gear had, it had shorted out. The music wasn't even playing anymore. Uh, so anyways, that's what, you know, despite how much planning uh, we were hoping that we would be trending there and that didn't. So uh, yeah, not all the plans work. Now I'll tell you one of our, uh, one of the ones that one of the ones that has worked and we actually won quite a few awards for this it was, it was the same resort sunshine village. And, uh, this was the fourth day doing social media for forums. So four days, no one even knew me yet. And on the fourth day I say to them, uh, that, so the, the, the mountain was set to open in, in a week uh, for the season. And uh, I asked them, I said, hey, would you mind mount, opening the mountain a day early? <laughs> and they all looked at me like, who the heck are you? Mount, do you know what that takes? You're the, you, what you have you been here for, four days? <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, but I managed to talk them into it. So what, what I did was a contest. So a, a social media contest where we picked 20 winners. And those 20 winners would get to ski the day before the mountain opened. Uh, so now we've got a prize that you can't buy. Amazing. And we also uh, invited all the media up. So now they got pictures for their opening day instead of the day after opening day. And so what we did for our social media contest uh, was we had to enter. If you're a season pass holder, you're already entered. If you're, uh, and then we had um, on Twitter, you had to retweet using a hashtag, a certain hashtag, and you can leave whatever comment you want. But we said, enter early, enter often and because I know some people are thinking, Oh, why not? Just, you know, one entry per person. Why? Why would yeah. we do one entry per person? No, we want to get our influence out there Wow! Uh, because maybe one entry per person is we're fair for everyone. Hey, this is business. <laughs> business doesn't have to be fair. We want the advantage. <laughs> and sure enough, by doing that, we were trending uh, in Alberta, like for the entire week, if you look on trendsmap.com, uh, you can pull up down to, and, and we were we were trending, and not only just for this one tweet that we had, there there were actually even a couple part, couple words from it that were tweeting the entire time. Uh, so I mean, it, we got massive exposure off this, and uh, then we and then actually then we end up getting three awards that all mention that all for the so i even though i i certainly did ruffle some feathers at the mountain there but after i won them all the awards it didn't matter
0: <laughs> dude if it if it was my mountain and someone looking like you asked me to open it early i'd freaking open it early <laughs> that's awesome that's crazy i love that um enter early enter often that's such a that's such a genius line, isn't it? Without that, you just just yeah. been getting one tweet at a time.
1: Exactly, exactly, and yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, like like I said, business—you don't have to be fair. Why, why do we? Have, why do the rules have to be fair? I mean, we want to win. <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when you when you've got uh, you know any army general when he goes into a battle he doesn't want to go in even he wants yeah. to go in, you know he wants to win and this everybody is we
0: gets we- one shot <laughs>
1: exactly exactly you know but i think that i think one of the uh moral out of both of those two stories are is that uh, go ahead and take risks and, and um, put yourself out there in those things that they won't always work but the ones that they do work they can be home runs
0: yeah, that's a really good point. I guess you took a massive risk in the first one and it didn't come off. You took a massive risk in the second one, you personally being new into that role and it did come off. So as long as you're prepared that there's a chance that will work, a chance that won't work, you just, you've got to do it, haven't you? You got to try it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about influences because you mentioned in the first example, even though it didn't work, but you had all the, the social media influences there for the tweet up. So um, yeah. How did you how did you go about finding those guys? How did you know that yes, this person is a this person is an influencer which we want compared to someone else who might have a large following but might not be the sort of person that you want to get at the event?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when you have a, when you have a, uh, uh, when you're doing a lot of tweeting from an account, you you learn who the the big guys who are you know in town and interacting with the, with the some of the big Twitter accounts are. Um, then obviously, if you get big corporations in there you know, this is great when you do these types of events and you can get all these Twitter influencers together and and they want to, because it, you know, when you've got, when you get all these influencers retweeting each other, it's, it's beneficial to them too, because they're getting their account retweeted by other people that uh, won't normally be retweeted. But you know, one thing I I find a lot of business owners, marketers get hung up on seeking out influencers and paying them to uh, be an influencer and, and tweet out their product service all the time. I mean, that's good, but when you do a return, you look at your return on investment, uh, comparing that to what you would with Facebook ads and Instagram ads, most of the time that you're going to find that, you know, if you want, when you want to grow, when you want to grow or expand your reach, it's usually Twitter ads for the same, you know, for the same price you might've given an influencer um, because it's, I mean, I mean, never before in the history of marketing, have you ever been able to target exactly who it is your customer is through the Facebook uh, ads manager, in particular Facebook app? The other platforms are they're also quite good, but in particular, Facebook's business manager, uh, the targeting zones, settings on it are, are bar none.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely unbelievable. I remember starting my first business and I was running magazine ads and you know, that the deal there was you spend, in that case, like 500 pounds, so like $700 on something. You've got to wait two and a half months until it comes out, and then you might find out if it works or not. But if you're running a bunch of stuff, you wouldn't know which one had worked. You know, compare that to Facebook, where you can go on and hit exactly the same audience in one hour for one pound. It's just a different league. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I,
1: if I want to only go after women with two kids who are getting married in three months, who like uh, knitting, and, you know, like, that's how exact you can be. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's kind of scary how much Facebook knows about it. That is, that is the scary part, but they, but it's accurate because we we have told them what we like. We've told them, well, some, some people may not put what the real age is, but we've, but we've told them all this information. And, and uh, now that they're able to, we're able as marketers are able to use that information so it's very accurate.
0: Yeah. So um, you, you would typically advocate uh, a a kind of mixture then of some influencer outreach with some paid promotion as well, right?
1: Well, see, what I, I think is good for influencers uh, when you do ROI is to have a tweet up. You get all, everyone together. So, but, but what I'm talking about is uh, having that paid influencer that you pay all the time to promote a product. I mean, that's I'm not going to, not to say that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that, uh, you look at your costs, look at comparable to what it is for ads. And, and you know, I'm, there are definitely some very good instances where you can use influence, especially if,
0: if uh, it's only costing you product or service. So that's a good trade. Okay, cool. So, um, let, let's talk about, you know, so, set up say, we're going to go and set up a tweet up. Yeah. Um, We've been tweeting for a while on the account, so we know that we've got some people who are reasonably influential, or um, we know we've got some people that are very active, let's say, and, and have a decent following. How do we, how do we get on their radars about this tweet up? How do we make sure that as much as possible that the thing's going to be a success?
1: Uh, well, uh, I mean, you could tweet them, you could
0: private <laughs> message them. <laughs> That's usually how I do it. Cool. Um, all right. So maybe we could transition to talk about different types of content. What we've seen happen, what first happened with Facebook, is they went away from just pure time-based news- newsfeed to something which was more algorithm-based. And now Twitter has obviously done that as well with the while you're away stuff. So it's more about engagement. What sort of content should people be posting on each of these different networks to maximize their visibility? Because it can be so confusing. This changes for each page, by the way. And this also
1: changes not only for what are the other pages doing, believe it or not. Um, if there's, if the other pages aren't doing as many videos, you put a video out there, then it may, your video may start doing better than, than uh, others. Some of the new stuff like new cards that they, that they, you're able to post like the 360 videos. Those are going to get a lot. Live video is always, that one is a very much uh, in fact, in a lot of cases you'll, you'll, page you follow, you may even get a notification when they start going live. So that one is very high for on that ranking. Uh, some of the other ones are uh, video photos, obviously. Links are down near the very bottom, but I don't even, wouldn't even count them out because it depends on your page. There's one of our clients is a political group and uh, believe it or not, the, some of our best posts that we got off those are links. Cause they're links to articles, which actually now even, uh, in, in their case, it's now good because we're, because now that political group isn't sharing their opinion, they are actually sharing the opinion of someone else, which may add more credibility to what they're putting out there. But, it, it, uh, I mean, this Facebook page has a little over 50,000 followers right now, um, with, and, uh, but the engagement that we get on it, in fact, I just checked this morning on this. We're more than every political party in in uh, the, the province that I'm in, or even more than the federal political parties, and even all the media news organizations in Alberta, all the big ones. we we have more engagement than them, with the exception of one. There's one TV one. It's been mostly, and it's been mostly
0: links we've been doing so. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's not always there. People always think, oh, you know, 360 videos or live stream gets a lot of visibility. So we have to go there. But what you're saying there is actually the content is more important than the type of post that you're making. Actually, what I'm actually,
1: what I'm saying is, is that your page, everybody's
0: page is different and you have to find the sweet spot. Yeah. So I get, yeah, I suppose it's also what, what sort of content your audience particularly engages with, I guess, if you, if, if you have a lot of links on your page and people start liking your page, the chances are they're there because they like links. And then if you go straight to yeah. video, then maybe some of them yeah. don't really interact with videos so much. Um, you know, we still get to good engagement, uh, you
1: know, as particularly from videos, but we, we've just found that some of our best, like we'll, we'll do mostly links on it. So you don't want to do, let's say videos work best for you. You don't want to do every post of video. You still want to mix it up if videos work best. Uh, then, you know, maybe you'll find that like you want to do 80% videos or, uh, and then 10% photos, 10% links, or, or mix it up that way. But normally, links are the lowest of the engage interaction reach that you'll get. And live stream would be the highest 360 video and then photos.
0: Let's talk about live streaming because I think it's something that. For a lot of businesses, it's just not even not even a possibility. It just seems so scary. The fact that we're going to let someone into our business live, we can't really control who's watching. What happens if people start saying bad stuff? What happens if no one shows up? There's loads of hassle. It's really scary. What's your take on the whole live streaming thing for small and medium sized businesses?
1: Well, I, I think it's something that you really want to explore. And in the first times that you do it, I think you should uh expect that there may be no one there like so don't say hey we're going to do a live q a if you've never done live stream before and then you turn it on and there's no one there that may be a little bit embarrassing so but there is lots of uh different stuff that you can use for live streaming is this tell me is this going to be video or is this audio because i can if it's just audio what this
0: podcast that you do well i've got the video as well so we can publish it on youtube
1: Okay. Okay, good. But for your audio listeners, I can describe some of the tools that we use. Tripod, these are always good. And yes, you're thinking live stream, but I need my phone to do that. Yes, you are right. So you want to get the, make sure that you have uh, the extension that can, it's, you can put basically your phone. It's just a little thing you put on your phone. And so that way it's going to hold it steady. Now there are a couple of other cameras. Can I tell you this? There's one that just came out, which I quite like very much. This is one of of my favorites. It's called Mevo and this is going to run you about four or 500 bucks Canadian. And what it does is this is like a live studio uh, in this one little camera right here. So it does, you do live video from it, it connects to your phone. And this basically looks like, if you have a, uh, it's great for when there's a discussion, there could be four people talking, you set it on auto mode and the person that will talk, it'll zoom in. And then someone else talks and it'll zoom into that one. So it looks like you have a camera crew, uh, like a whole live camera crew with multiple cameras and you do it all out of just this, this one little
0: thing right here. That's awesome. And that is Mevo is it or Mevo? Yeah, M E V O. Okay, cool. So that's the gear. So we've got our, our live session piece, people might be worried that it has to be all slick and prepared. and That might stop them from doing it in the first place. Should they just set it up, go live, and just rock and roll? Just say what comes out of their mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, you know, the polished pieces are great. But they don't all have to be polished. In fact, I would say the majority of them don't have to be polished. People want to see uh, that. Uh, people want to see a little bit more raw, you know, sometimes, and that behind the scenes, <laughs> when they do, when they know that you're live streaming it from from a camera that you're holding with your hand, it might be a little shaky. But they're kind of seeing it. Uh, it's almost like they were there. They're you're they're living vicariously through you. So by all means, um, those just those raw videos. Not every Not every video has to be polished. In fact, I would say uh, for a lot of people, maybe like 10% polished and 90% uh, out there.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, we used to do, um, we stopped doing them because I got too busy, but we used to do Q&A. So I'd, I'd have some questions prepared in case, you know, for the first few minutes when no one's showing up. But the great thing about live streaming on Facebook, for example, is that Facebook starts building you an audience as soon as you go live, don't they? So it's pulling people in. So quite quickly, you get people asking questions and as soon as they clock, it, it's a Q and a, you start getting a ton of questions anyway. So if people don't have anything prepared, they're not sure what they should be talking about. You can just say, Hey, I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. I'm just going to show you some of our work, some of the stuff that we're doing behind the scenes here and just, just roll with it see how it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I
1: know there are, I don't know if it, Facebook does this for all pages, but it might do the for all pages from what I can tell, when I, there's pages that I follow, when they go live, I get a notification, uh, whether it's on my phone or whatever, and I and I go right to it. Now, I don't know if that's 100% of the pages that go live or just the ones that I interact with a lot. They may, may not even do that forever. So that's what I'm saying. Right now is the time to use that feature uh, to grow your audience because it may not be around forever.
0: For sure. Sean, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Where can people find out a bit more about Viral and Nature and you? Oh, yeah.
1: You can visit me at viralandnature.com. We are uh, a multi-award winning social media agency. Uh, We manage uh, social media for businesses, mostly small and medium, but we do have some large ones as well. Uh, Or you can give us a call 403-454-2899 or in North America, our toll free is 1-844-403-2899. Amazing.
0: Thank you, buddy. Much appreciated. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Alrighty, thank you for listening to this week's episode, Ninjas and Ninjets, And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review if you found it interesting. Now, don't forget, if you need some more leads and sales through your website, you want to figure out how you can promote yourself better online, then head over to www.exposureninja.com forward slash review. And request your free review and bespoke marketing plan. We'll take a look at what you've got going on at the moment. We'll have a look through your website. We'll have a look at what your competitors are doing. And map you out a custom plan that you can follow to generate more leads and sales online. It's completely free. There's no obligation. And it's freaking awesome. See you next week.